Who dat, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. We are part of Fansided, bringing you the latest news, analysis, and opinions of our beloved New Orleans Saints. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. We have a lot to get to in this episode, have a great guest as always, and we have a trade that the team executed earlier today that turned Saints Twitter into a frenzy. And of course, we got to recap the uh, dominating one the Saints had over the weekend uh, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at the WDD Podcast. Tyler is going to get into more than that right now. <laughs> yep. Uh, who that, everybody? I'm your other host, Tyler Raven. Like Dayton's been saying, we've got an insane, incredible episode tonight. So let's kick it off first by introducing our incredible guest to join us. So he's the longest tenured guest on the show. He's an opinionated man uh, <laughs> with a plan on Twitter. And he's a, a diehard Saints fan. Everyone, welcome back to the show. Charlie, what's up, Charlie? <laughs> what's up, man. guys? Great to be back. Happy to be back so soon. Yeah. And also, guys, so uh, we've revamped, revamped our Twitter account. This is something Dayton and myself have been talking about we want to do. Uh, we've sort of like put it on a frenzy mode. So we're going to be trying as hard as we can to um, uh, just put out polls, I'll talk to you guys, uh, post questions, everything. And we started doing that Uh just a couple days ago so make sure to check that out on our twitter account like dan said i'm saying now at the wde podcast and uh, just to make sure you check that out here's a one from before that we posted so uh one afternoon we asked you guys who's your favorite new orleans saints player in the history of the team and why and we had one great response matthias on twitter uh he actually has talked to us before so we appreciate the support matthias uh, his uh, Twitter account is at M-M-E-A-D-E underscore nine. He wrote Reggie Bush. When I was in fourth grade, our teacher made us do a project where we tracked basic math stats using football teams. I originally picked Minnesota because my dad was a fan, but my buddy convinced me to take New Orleans because his dad had connections to the team. I ended up taking them after my the draft, and they were terrible. It made my project very easy. I like that. LOL. Shortly after they drafted a guy named Reggie Bush, coolest player in college football at the time, uh, that became a really big deal to 11-year-old me. I became a, uh, a fan for that reason. And they said, hashtag hoot out. So shout awesome. goes out to you, Matthias, for uh, responding to us. And make sure, guys, to just check out our Twitter account and keep on interacting with us. And we might be posting your responses. So, you, Matthias, your friend is very smart. He led you in the right direction. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> exactly. Um, and... Actually, uh, probably the most interesting Twitter out of all of us. No offense to you, Tyler, but uh, guys, follow Charlie on Twitter at Saint Charlie. <laughs> doing he's he's doing the chalk talk now. He's got the he's got the uh, uh, film breakdown going on, uh, and and always tweeting about the latest stuff. So always a fantastic follow. So yeah, at Saint Charlie. Uh, yeah, no, he takes the cake. Yeah, absolutely. No offense to you though, Tyler. Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. Charlie, Charlie he's it. In the landslide. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, I, once regular season rolls around, I'll do a little bit more of the. Uh, of the plays that just sort of stick out to me when yeah. I rewatch the games. I mean, I'm so so. It's officially what it's. Uh, uh, we got less than two weeks before the season starts uh, yep. for the Saints. It's even less for the actual first game, uh, which is the Falcons and the Eagles, uh, which which got a little bit more interesting. Obviously, it seems like uh, uh, Carson Wentz is going to be playing there, but we got to watch the Dirty Birds hopefully lose. But it's been up in the air. But <laughs> okay. regular season is going to kick off pretty soon. But the Saints are making moves already, dude. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, they are, man. And it's a crazy one, literally. So I, I got to give a, a bit backstory for it. So I don't know if I told you guys this. But so I was at Wendy's, right? And I, I was getting me a great double cheeseburger and fries. And I was uh, scrolling through Twitter. And then it popped up notification. 
the Saints have traded for Teddy Bridgewater. And I literally almost spit soda on my shirt. And it was a good shirt, too. Like, I, I dribbled a little bit, and it was crazy. But, um, yeah, so it was announced <laughs> earlier this afternoon that the New York Jets will be trading preseason star and a very solid young quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, to, uh, to the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, our team. We love this move. So the Saints sent a third-round selection from this year's upcoming draft. And we also received not only Teddy Bridgewater, but a sixth-round pick. So this will now be Teddy's third team besides the Vikings and then the Jets uh, before us. And he looks not only to be back in the legend Jubilees this season, but hopefully eventually take over as a new Kane in New Orleans. So what do you guys think of this move? How crazy is it now that after so much speculation of, oh, yeah, uh, when Teddy Bridgewater becomes a free agent, maybe the Saints will pursue him. Forget that. They actually decided to trade for him. But what do you guys think? How crazy is this? Well, first off, uh, I'll let Charlie go first, but I do want to say this real quick. Uh, Tyler, you mentioned this like two weeks ago, and I hate that we actually didn't like do an episode or at least a segment around it. But you said, dude, let's do like a segment or an episode around like the possibility or like what if we traded for Teddy Bridgewater. (laughs) And I said, I don't, you know, like, like I'm down to do that. I'm down to make that a segment. I don't know if we can make it. it. Yeah, you should, you should definitely get back on it. (laughs) Hoodaddish.com, by the way, guys, if you're not living there, you should be. And now, now, now that you said that, uh, less than two weeks later, it came to fruition. I I was very skeptical of it happening, but, uh, yeah, Charlie, what'd you think, man? Crazy stuff. Yeah, I didn't think I didn't think that would happen because, like, I didn't know what the compensation was going to be, and then the fact that he's on a one-year deal that comes with a five million dollar cap hit. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it all sounded good, um, especially you know after week two of the preseason when we were like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, the backup quarterback situation is completely out of control. We we do not have a backup quarterback, but, um. The, I like the move. I mean, I definitely like the move. I like Teddy. I like Teddy, the player, Teddy, the guy. You know, he's a great guy. Um, everybody loves Teddy. Like, he's he's a great locker room guy for sure. The only thing is, one of the things, you know, like when I first saw the news, I was like, awesome. You know, we get we get a, a bona fide backup quarterback, who, someone who's, who's, who's won football games, been to the playoffs, been to a Pro Bowl, mm-hmm. and he's only 25 years old. Um, that's all good. You know, but the more I, I sat and sort of chewed on it throughout the afternoon and the evening, I really don't think this is a move for the future. I don't I don't see how it could be a move for the future Ooh, because it's gonna get interesting. It's going to get interesting, right? Because Teddy is going to hit free agency next year, and he's going to be one of those like seventeen to twenty million dollar quarterbacks. Like, there's no reason why he shouldn't be up there. And Drew Brees is going to stay as long as Drew Brees wants to stay. It's kind of like Brady and Garoppolo. Like as long as Brady was going to stay there, Garoppolo wasn't going to start. Right. And Garoppolo didn't want to ride the bench, and Teddy doesn't want to do that. Teddy's, you know, he's a starting quarterback in this league. He's yeah. one of, probably one of the best thirty-two quarterbacks in the NFL, probably. And uh, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know how we can make that work because Drew, he's sort of on these one-year deals. And he can ask for a $28, 29000000 million contract next year if he wants to. Yeah. Then what do you do? How do you how do you work Teddy into that? I just don't I don't know how you can do that. I mean, if there's a way to do it, you know, obviously I want to I want to do it, you know. And I think we'll have first mm-hmm. crack at it. But uh, you know, to tie up forty something million dollars in the quarterback position in cap money, just it's just crazy. I mean, earlier today, um, I really like listening to. Um, in the East Coast, it's it's sort of like on my evening commute home. Uh, 
I listen to Sirius NFL radio and, and my favorite show is moving the chains with Pat Kerwin and Jim Miller. But today was Pat Kerwin and John Clayton from, uh, well, he used to be with ESPN. I, I actually John got Clayton. To, John yeah, Clayton's the Blue man. Spark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Pat Kerwin, I mean, he's, he's probably my favorite person to listen to talk about football because he's incredibly, he's just everything about him. He's incredibly smart. You know, he's done it all with being a GM for the Jets and he just he just knows and he's still in the in the know with guys and agents and managers like he's just I don't know he's a great listen and uh I was like sitting in traffic I was like you know what I'm going to try to I'm going to try to call into these guys see if I can get their two cents so I actually got through and I got to talk to those two dudes and hey and you know what they said was and I I, I tweeted this out earlier was um this is this is the Saints being all in right now on mm-hmm. this year this is a Super Bowl winning roster and this is a super bowl winning move for that roster because um you don't really leave any any weaknesses on your roster when you really think you can make a run at this thing and uh one of the one of the things that john clayton said was hey you know at the end of june sean payton was at a charity golf tournament and who did he golf with doug mm-hmm. peterson what do you think doug peterson told him you know get you a new backup you need a backup quarterback yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, i guess we thought tom savage could could be that guy you know i mean because he did start at one point in this league and to be honest with you guys i don't know if we ever thought Taysom hill was going to be our backup quarterback i mean at least he can hit people hard yeah he's running around (laughs) like to me he's just like you know i love tim tebow i was a tim tebow guy but like to me he's like another one of those types you know just a super athletic big dude who can kind of throw the football like yeah so bottom line with the teddy stuff is i'm happy we have a legit backup quarterback uh for this season god forbid something were to happen to drew and i'm hopeful for the future that somehow we can keep him we can keep him but if drew wants to stay and he's still playing you know playing as well as he's he you know we think he's gonna play i don't you know i don't want to force drew out either so yeah definitely interesting i'm happy we have a backup quarterback i don't think we gave up too much for that um especially once we i heard we got the six pick the sixth round pick coming back um but yeah, overall, I mean, I'm definitely happy that for this season, and I'm hopeful for the future. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of uh, uh, Taysom Hill, I read a tweet. I, I, I don't know who retweeted it or even said it, but uh, I think I was just scrolling and saw it. But somebody said, uh, the Saints are the only team who can trade for a quarterback and also make their special teams better in, in the same move. And that's kind of <laughs> oh, what we did. Yeah, I mean, that was, yeah, um, I, yeah, I saw that. I think that was Kat, either Katzine mm. or... Uh, I think it was him, yeah. Yeah, one of those Ds. One, one of, of the, the beat guys, D's. yeah. yeah. Um, and which I thought was... Fan- he hit it right on the nose because, yeah, now Taysom Hill is going to have uh, uh, the, the, guys f- the free reign to uh, yeah be able to actually play on special teams and not be more reserved because he he would be the second or even third string uh, uh, backup quarterback. But I really like this move, and you hit on it, uh, Charlie, uh, the $5 million cap hit uh, for the Saints. Um, and his, his contract is kind of interesting, for especially for the Saints, because the incentives are um, what the Jets, I, I guess, put in hoping that uh, obviously, to in, to entice uh, uh, Bridgewater when he originally signed. So it's funny to look at you know uh, the incentives here. If he gets over three thousand passing yards, he gets an extra one point two five million dollars on his contract. If he passes for twenty one or more touchdowns, he also gets another one point two five million dollars. If he plays fifty um, percent of the snaps over the season, he gets two hundred fifty thousand dollars bonus per game. 
which I think is very interesting. So for the Saints, I think they looked at that and said, or or maybe they didn't even care about the incentives because they were uh, uh, interest uh, or you know a little bit out there for um, being a backup quarterback as opposed to a starter. So uh, the five million dollar cap hit, I don't mind that much. Um, what, what what I am concerned about with this Bridgewater trade um, is I, I think what everybody else is wondering if. Is he going to stay on? Because Drew Brees is under contract at least until uh, the end of next year, uh, next season. And mm-hmm. I, I, I don't see Drew Brees retiring unless he's really forced out. I think if, if, if the Saints do end up winning the Super Bowl this year, um, he, he, might, he might retire. He might end up going out on top. But I feel like Brees, how big of a competitor he is, um, and, and the, you know, imp- I wouldn't say improvement he's shown, but, I mean, he broke the completion percentage record last season. Could very well do it again this year. He's got the weapons. He understands how good this team is. So I, I personally don't see him going away that easily. Um, it, I'm, not, I'm not saying it, it, it's not going to happen, but I don't, I don't see it happening uh, easily at all. Bridgewater will be commanding a lot of money when he's a free agent, and I don't see him agreeing to a long, long-term contract as far as Drew Brees is still on the team because he knows uh, he's going to be sitting behind uh, Drew as long as he's on the squad. Um, but... Uh, Absolutely right. If anything happens to Breeze, we have not only a viable backup quarterback, we have probably the best backup quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, Chase Daniel is a close second, but Daniel has never really been a touted starter. Bridgewater was the quarterback of the future for the um, uh, Minnesota Vikings. And it's funny um, because I earlier I tweeted, I know you guys saw this, I compared the uh, move the Saints just did with the move the Vikings made last offseason when Bridgewater actually went down with that ACL injury. Uh, they traded a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick um, to the Eagles for Sam Bradford. Uh, and they pretty much only got a year out of Bradford. Um, and now the Saints, all we had to do was give up a third for Bridgewater, who a few years younger than uh, Bradford was. Uh, and we also get a six-round pick in return. So a lot of people were, were thinking that there were going to be multiple picks going to the Jets, when in reality, we really just swapped a third and a six with them. Uh, or, or I guess we just, you know, we didn't, we didn't exactly, you know, swap, but... Um, we got we got Bridgewater almost for nothing. It, 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 that that's kind of what it seems like for me. We almost got him for nothing because not only do we get that sixth round pick, uh, a third round pick. Granted, is more valuable since we don't have a first round pick next year before a quarterback to have him as a as a you know one of the best backups in the league. Uh, that's just absolutely fantastic. And we also, if uh, Bridgewater ends up not uh, staying with us after this season, we get a compensation pick afterwards as well, which could be anywhere from a third to a sixth or seventh round pick. So, uh, shout out to Mickey Loomis for making that move. Um, Bridgewater is going to be uh, learning a whole lot from Drew Brees. So, obviously, he's going to be uh, improving as the season goes on. And if we ever do need him, I think that he's going to be good and ready to go, especially with the weapons that we have surrounding him. Um, But, yeah, no, I I love this move. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see if he uh, decides to stay on after the season with the Saints. But, again... As long as Drew Brees, I think, is on the team, Bridgewater is going to be sitting behind him, and I think when he recognizes that, he understands there's better opportunities out there for him. But uh, I don't know. Maybe the Saints front office can work some magic and, and really convince him that he'll be the heir. And if anything, he'll only have to sit one more season behind Brees after this one. Uh, maybe Brees will make a decision after this year on w- whether that be retire right, right away uh, or, or make uh, the 2019-2020 season his final one. Who knows what will happen, but uh, I'm excited to have Bridgewater on this roster right now. This is for sure all-in Super Bowl winning roster right now with everything that we have. 
Yeah, for sure. And uh, it's funny. I haven't been. Uh, I I haven't stopped smiling since I heard the news. But um, okay. So I I want to uh, quote a guy that. Uh, so uh, Dane, obviously you remember M. Carlson, who was somebody that we had on the podcast before, covers the Minnesota Vikings. He gave me a quote about Teddy Bridgewater, a very insightful quote that will really open this perspective uh, for fans, you know, who don't exactly know about him. But before I say that, before I actually forget what I'm going to say, I want you guys uh, to marinate with these two ideas. And these two ideas are what I really hold true. It's why I think the Saints will keep Bridgewater. One, uh, a third-round pick is a very valuable pick, especially for a team like the Saints now that have been pretty much nailing their draft selections. Why would they give up a third-round pick for just a rental? And uh, this is only speculation, but it's something that came up with all the billions of other comments uh, on Twitter uh, with this whole discussion of Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Brees, and everything in between. So uh, people have said that, you know, or sort of there's been a little evidence that maybe the Saints haven't been the best uh, team in regards to developing quarterbacks. And maybe there's a bit of speculation of uh, Drew Brees, maybe despite what he said uh, in reports, you know, in interviews, maybe, you know, as he gets older, maybe he wants to call it quits sometimes. You know, and, you know, think about it. Tom Brady, uh, I believe over 40 years old. Drew Brees, uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to be 39 or 40 in January. You know, we have these old quarterbacks getting up there. And now with Teddy Bridgewater in the mix, how crazy would it be? Uh, I mean, am I crazy to think that if Drew Brees won a title this year with the Saints, would he retire? You know, and okay, so marinate with uh, marinate with those two ideas, guys. I want to hear what you think. Well, let me say this quick first. So I talked to Adam. I DM'd him on Twitter. I was like, hey, mention, what can you say about... Mention hmm? who Adam is for those that don't know. Yeah, yeah, of course. So M. Uh, Carlson, he right now, he's an expert at the Viking Age, and he's a co-host of the Purple People podcast. It's a great podcast about all things the Minnesota Vikings. You guys should check it out if you love hearing a different perspective from the NFC. But with that being said, though, I mentioned, I talked to him, I was like, hey, can you give me anything about Teddy Bridgewater? And he was like, of course. So he, he said that Teddy Bridgewater is a professional. He's a student of the game who plays with passion. And... Uh, he, he plays with passion. The Saints acquired a quality player in the trade and should be excited to watch him learn from Drew Brees. So they also said he's got an amazing short to mid-range accuracy, but needs to work on the long ball. However, he's more than capable of leading an offense. Plus, it's amazing to see how fans and teammates are drawn to him. So Teddy Bridgewater is definitely an electric player. I think right now, maybe a little bit too optimistic. I don't know. Uh, when uh, realistically something hits me in the face to bring me back down to earth, I'll wait for that moment. But I think right now the Saints gave a third-round dra- draft pick for their apparent throne uh, to the cane of New Orleans and the future quarterback of the Saints. So that's what I'm sticking uh, with my guns for. So that's what I'm sticking to. But I like it. Um, and I don't know. Um, as f- so obviously you and I have a little bit of a, a disagreement in terms of the value of the third round pick to me. Yeah. Um, you, you, you mentioned the saints, obviously it is valuable to them because they have drafted so well over the past couple seasons. And I think that's exactly mm. why the third round pick was so expendable is because over the past two drafts. Now we obviously haven't seen the rookies perform this year, but it seems like a, a good, a good bunch, especially, uh, Steele and Traquan Smith. Uh, Marcus Davenport is going to be even better, I think, in his second year as opposed to his rookie year. Uh, but you have all these guys on rookie-scale contracts, very friendly too. Alvin Kamara, third-round pick. 
he he doesn't have a large contract at all. He'll be companion. He'll, he'll be commanding money when he becomes a free agent, or or if we extend him, whichever comes first. But right now, mm-hmm. he's he's not being heavy on the books. Same with even like Ryan Ramchick. Uh, Davenport's contract is still okay for a first round pick. Traquan Smith's is friendly, um, and then all the other guys that that we got. Alex Anzalone is going to be important to us. Trey Hendrickson, who hopefully will continue to stay healthy. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, of course, who who we've drafted a, a few years ago. Von Bell, Marcus Williams, guys like that. They're on very friendly contracts, and they're going to be with the team guaranteed, barring an injury, of course. Knock on wood. Uh, they're going to be with the team for a <laughs> while, and uh, so I think the front office is recognizing that and saying, hey. We can give him a first-round pick next year if we want to go for Davenport because he's going to be really valuable for us in the future, and he's not going to cost us a lot of money. It's going to be better to do that than to go out and pay fat bucks. Like Absolutely. You look, you look at Khalil Mack. You look at the money Geno Atkins is getting out, the money Khalil Mack is commanding. Um, you know, it's, it, you're going to have to pay those stars. So um, I think with, with, with Bridgewater, um, you know, giving up that third-round pick, uh, it's going to be okay. Getting a sixth back is 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 great because you can combine your two sixth round picks and maybe your fifth if you want to move back into the third or if you want to go to the fifth or, or whatever you can do on draft night or or a couple weeks following up. You can combine some of these other draft picks that you've acquired and and try to move up if you really want. If you really if they liked a guy, you know, going into the next draft. Mm-hmm. But um, that that's just my viewpoint, and I I understand third round pick in the NFL is actually very very valuable. But to me at least, I I, I think. Uh, the front office is kind of recognizing that, hey, we got these guys, lower yeah. contracts. We're going to have them for a few years. I think future draft picks are going to be more expendable, especially if we want to win right now. Uh, that, that's just my my thought process. Yeah. On it, I just say pay that, man. Right. Uh, keep Teddy Bridgewater at all costs. But what do you think, Charlie, though? I just don't – I don't – like I don't see the numbers adding up. I really – I know we'll get an early jump on signing him. Less. It's 7, 15, and 20, personally. Think about, like, you know, the well, injury. this is the thing. You know, and what did uh, Mike Glennon get when he signed with the Bears? I'm going to look at right money, now. if you ask me. He got, like, $15 million, he got like $15 million or $17 million. Teddy's better than Yeah. Like, see, but he's been injured, though, too. He has a history. That really bad injury. That he, could affect he things. He does, but, I mean, he was, like, the star of all of preseason. Like, I think True. what he did this preseason got him firmly back into – the uh you know the race to be a, a starting quarterback in the NFL like Teddy's Teddy isn't in my opinion Teddy's not really a backup quarterback like the yeah, Jets no, were just smart really yeah the Jets were just smart and signed you know Josh McCown's you know he could start in this league Teddy Bridgewater's a starter in this league and then they drafted in my opinion who's probably the best rookie quarterback mm-hmm. so yeah. they just got lucky and they you know they they flipped they flipped that that deal for a third rounder I just, I mean, I would love to find a way to keep him, um, but I just don't know how. Like, I don't see Mickey Loomis dedicating forty plus million dollars to that position. I know we have some guys that are young. You know, we're going to have them under contract for a while, but it just financially doesn't. It doesn't really, really make sense. I mean, what I do know is that the Saints truly believe that they have that they like what they see in this roster and using 2009 and probably 2011 as the gauge for what it takes to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I think they see this this current roster as a Super Bowl roster and it'll oh, be that so way. Too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you don't you don't give up another first rounder to draft someone like Marcus Davenport unless you think 
like he's going to be on a Super Bowl team. Not not a foundation for the future, but that guy is going to mm-hmm. come in and contribute. Does not have to be an All Pro or a Pro Bowler right away, but he's going to significantly contribute to your team winning a Super Bowl. So Saints are a hundred percent all in this year, and the benefit is we get a season with Teddy to evaluate him to see mm-hmm. you know is he the kind of guy that that can run Peyton's system. He's not really a, a Sean Payton type of quarterback, but Sean Payton is also a smart coach, so where he can devise his schemes to 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 fit the strengths of his players. Like Teddy's not a he's not a gunslinger like Drew Brees is, yeah. but he's smart, he's accurate, he's tough. You know, those are things that obviously you need in Payton's offense. So I don't know, man. I don't see how the numbers work, but I'd love it. I'd love it to happen because. <laughs> Who are we gonna? Who's gonna be the quarterback next? You know, in the future, like we don't. A third round draft pick is a starter in the NFL. Yeah, so you're you're spending. Sure. You're then you're automatic, not automatically, because the Saints draft best player available. But you're really gonna be forced into pick, taking a quarterback in the second round next year. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't want to burst anybody's teddy bubble, but I would. Well, I would love to uh, find a way I've, to keep. Yeah, I've got one thing. Uh, I think you know. I, we're talking about Teddy a ton, you know, and uh, we really haven't brought it up. What happens with Drew Brees? You know, we have a guy who says he wants to play until he's 45. We have a guy who's obviously led the league in passing yards, led the league in completion percentage. We've had a guy who has been fantastic at the game of playing football in, uh, you know, the National Football League. But we have somebody at the same time who is closer to the end of his career than the beginning, of course. We have somebody who, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Charlie, is only getting one to two year deals. What if this could be the season where at the same time, uh, I'm not going to say let's not get our hopes up because it could really happen. If we win the Super Bowl, why not let's just get rid of Drew Brees? I mean, I know it's a hot take, but Mm. at the same time, though, you mentioned if it's going to be nearly impossible to keep both, why would we want to keep Drew Brees if he's near the brink of retirement? He just wants another Super Bowl, and we could move on to somebody that now knows the offense because, given this is a season, he could learn it, stay under Drew Brees, and just move on. You know, sure, it'd sort of be like stabbing him in the back a little bit if we got rid of him, but... Well, you know, he's like, still going to hit... He's still going to be... I think... I was looking at his contract earlier. I think Brees, regardless, next season is going to be like a $25 million cap yeah. hit because of the way his, his contract structured. So, yeah. We need I to mean, keep that in mind. I'm saying... I honestly think that if we went, because Breeze is going to pass the all-time season yardage. So I know, Hopefully I know he doesn't fine. talk about it, but I know that's in the front of his mind. He wants to pass that. And if we do pull this off and win the Super Bowl this year, I can almost guarantee Breeze will retire on top because yeah. he, like you guys were saying earlier, man, like the way he talks is it. He knows. It's coming to an end. And every now and then he likes to throw in, well, I could play till I'm 45. You know what I mean? But like if Breeze, if Breeze, if we win the Super Bowl this year, I I truly think he's going to be smart as far as, you know, his legacy and retire on top. And yeah. And then at that point you can, you can work with Teddy's contract and figure, figure that out. But if you don't, if we, if it's another Minnesota miracle or if we lose in the NFC championship game or if we lose in the Super Bowl some wild, Man, Breeze is way too competitive of a dude to just walk away from that. Yeah, and yeah. That, 
I think there's three big reasons, yeah, that we uh, – if it came down to if we had to choose between Breeze and Bridgewater, definitely got to keep Breeze. One, Bridgewater only has one season under his belt, one full season at least, I should say. Uh, his rookie year, he, he wasn't touted as the starter. He kind of came in kind of slow. And then obviously um, in uh, last season, he, he didn't play at all. So really only has one full year under his belt. He's still not completely proven. He's got the raw talent and everything. He, it's there, but he's not proven. Drew Brees absolutely I is. think he's proven, to be honest. I think he proved it during the preseason. That's just me. But no, Teddy's a proven well, starter. Uh, he's definitely no, a proven no, no. Starter. He's definitely a proven starter. But but Drew Brees is a proven Hall of Fame quarterback. Even at oh, his oh age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if Brees Bre- wants to stay. You have to. He has yes. to stay. You can't and push Brees out for Teddy Bridgewater. Hundred percent. Well, Mickey Loomis works. Sorry, to interrupt you, Dan. But Very I mean, good. I mean, with any other um, uh, what position is Mickey Loomis? Go you know, head office, whatever. He's a general. So any manager, other right. person, it wouldn't be possible. But Think about it. like we just finessed the Jets out of a sixth round pick plus Teddy Bridgewater for a third. Like if anyone could do it, it could be Mickey Loomis. You know, I'm sure. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being optimistic. But I gotta put it in there. There's gotta be some sort of way. I don't know. I just see it. Sure, the Saints are all in, but there's gotta be more to it than just oh, we want a really good backup for this year and this year only. You know, if they were to give a third, you know, it, I don't know. They they've gotta find some way. They have to to make the, his. They need to extend him and, and give him a contract. Sure, backload it all. I don't care. We need to keep this train rolling. We can't just let it derail once Drew Brees leaves. Because you well, know what's going to happen? I can see it now. We'll we'll lose Teddy, right? So let's say what happens is we keep Drew, we lose Teddy after this year. He's going to gain so much more money somewhere else. We just need to keep him. I'm sorry to interrupt you guys, but well, I'm so optimistic for him. You know, here's the no. I get that, and I and I understand like the move is for the future, but I. It, I think we we first off the team would be absolutely awful and I would hold a grudge against them forever if and and as fans if fans cheered for this I would also like kind of be be for everything that Drew Brees has done for New Orleans and the Saints to kick him to the curb like that um, yeah you know especially if if we end up having a good season uh, and if we have to choose between Bridgewater and Breeze and we end up going to Bridgewater, that would just be a huge slap to the face to uh, well, hopefully we can uh, keep Brees. optimistic and, me. And here, here, here's the third reason I think uh, um, I, it's definitely going to be Breeze over Bridgewater. How many besides the shoulder, which happened what 13 years ago? Besides the shoulder, what what major injury has Drew Brees had? Bridgewater's already torn his ACL. That knee damn, and I, I, I and I'm not saying that 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 uh, ligament damage is going to completely affect Bridgewater in the future, but that is an asterisk you got to put next to his name for Breeze. He's, he's had a good health bill for a majority of the time he's been in New Orleans. True. Um, and, and that shoulder injury he's only... missed two games. Exactly. That, that shoulder injury he had uh, uh, when, when the Dolphins decided not to go with him obviously wasn't that significant because he led the Saints to uh, uh, a 10-6 record his first season with the team coming off that injury. Uh, so, so even then, it really wasn't that significant. Um, and it didn't really do any... Uh, I, I know that he's kind of had to change up his... Uh, um, throwing mechanics uh, after that injury happened, but it didn't really do major damage to his rotator cuff or anything. So that's fine. I, as opposed to Bridgewater, though, having an injury like that so young and luckily is a quarterback, but he does rely on his legs and scrambles a little bit. So I do think that that's an underlying factor where it, it it's definitely in Breeze's favor. Um, True. Getting back True. to Mike Glennon's contract, uh, three years, $45 million is what he signed with the Bears couple off seasons that's ago. ridiculous um, come on mike Lennon. very crazy uh not worth it. hey man in quarterback numbers are only get i mean yeah aaron Rodgers just signed like a hundred million dollar guaranteed contract was like i mean i, I don't know if, this, if, 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 if we do find a way to keep teddy it just means that you can guarantee 
that next off season in in free agency we will not be active at all. Which oh, yeah. you know, which yeah. which could be okay. Which right. could be okay. Um, it all really depends on how our offensive line, you know, the depth. Like, I don't really, I don't feel good about our offensive line yeah. depth at all. Backup, so, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I don't feel good about the depth at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So. We'll see, guys. Um, I mean, you know, yeah. the only thing we can do is just sit back, be happy that we have Teddy in the building, and he can learn, and 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 you know, maybe the Saints can sell him on yeah. on, st- on on you know, and Mickey can Mickey. Yeah, I think Mickey can finagle the accounting in a contract where it's like you said, Tyler, like super super backloaded or you know, something right. something like that. But nah, just trying to get all points in though. You know, I, I know sometimes the fans like to see all the angles. So I know obviously I'm optimistic for it, but I, I just wanted to get in the other points. So yeah. I'm good now. You um, know, I, I'm just happy we got them. That's all that matters. So I got I got one more thing to say before we move on. Do you guys have anything else on on the Bridgewater topic? You guys haven't already got out there. I love them. That's all that matters. Yeah, do like him too, Charlie. Anything <laughs> you want to say before? No, man. Cool. Nope. We got, got it. it. Got it covered. Uh, the one thing I do want to say, I have been reading. It's not. It's not a lot of stuff. I've been seeing it on uh, just few social media platforms. Haven't seen it by any actual beat writers or anything. So maybe it's just you know some um, cautious fans' opinions. I have been seeing some people saying Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, if we decide to keep him, can be Aaron Brooks 2.0. Uh, no, which exact, which is first off not a compliment to Teddy Bridgewater, and uh, and and I did say that he he doesn't have a whole lot of playing time under his belt, um, but he does have twenty or excuse me thirty total games. Um, he that he's played in the NFL, sixty four percent completion percentage, as compared to the career completion percentage for Aaron Brooks, which was fifty six percent. Bridgewater I mean, yeah. is nowhere near an Aaron Brooks. He's a couple yeah. inches shorter. Doesn't use his uh, uh, legs as much as Brooks, Brooks kind of had to. And also, I mean that that whole Saints team was just not. You can't really. Uh, Brooks was We've in a bad position. This time. Uh, yeah, exactly. We we have an O line, and so we I, I, Brooks wasn't wasn't great to start with, but just because Bridgewater is a, a dual threat quarterback type guy and he's also the uh second black quarterback the saints have had in the past 13 years doesn't mean you have to compare him to the last black dual threat quarterback that we had i feel like that's just what people are doing like they're just comparing him to the last you know like uh non-drew Brees quarterback that we had that kind of has a similar playing style uh it doesn't make sense to me yeah, definitely not they're, there they're nowhere near the no. same kind of quarterback like, man i mean Aaron Brooks. Nice. Like everything about Brooks's release was long mm. and weird. Yeah, he was definitely a lot more of a runner. He was more of a more erratic. I mean, Teddy is a smart, composed, tough ass quarterback. Yeah. He's him and Aaron yeah. Brooks are. I mean, I don't know. He's, he's not Aaron Brooks at all. Yeah, the only thing no. those guys have in common is skin tone, and that's it. Which is incredibly yeah. shallow way to right. look at a quarterback. Yeah, but some um, people do it that way. Some. And, uh, yeah, no, but I, I'm excited for Bridgewater to be on this roster, whether it's just for this year or beyond. Um, good to have you on the team, Teddy, uh, if you're listening. This should be your new favorite podcast, by the way, if, you, if you're listening, Teddy. You should <laughs> Another tidbit, though. One more little tidbit yeah. on Teddy. Is Let's hear it. Bree- it seems like Breeze's best years, like his most efficient years, is when we had a good backup quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. when we won the Daniel Super Bowl, Mark, Mark, Mark Brunel was his backup. Yeah. And Mark was – an older guy who had won a bunch of games, who had gone to the playoffs. You know what I mean? And uh, and the 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 other the other years where he was good, we had Chase here. And yeah. then, no offense to Luke, I love Luke. You know, he did the awesome Verizon commercials, but it's not like he was a <laughs> a really awesome backup quarterback. And that was kind of like I don't know. I think I'm kind of right. connecting two 
completely unrelated things. But it seemed like the the years when our offense was most efficient was when we had another good quarterback in the quarterback room. I mean, quarterback, I don't know. This second string quarterback is an extremely important position on your team. It's not just the guy who holds the clipboard or God forbid needs the needs, needs the play. I mean, he's in the quarterback room with your starter and that's only going to make your starter s- smarter if he's if he's good and and can contribute to the room. And Teddy can, even though he's young, he can. I mean, he's won games. He's been you know he's played on playoff teams. He's smart. I agree. Yeah, wholeheartedly. Yeah, his uh, his uh, dedication in the film room. Uh, I think uh, obviously Adam mentioned it uh, early when he wrote his quote. Uh, just Barn, especially for a guy his age to to be that invested in it and. The very short amount of time that he spent with the Jets, I bet you he learned at least a, a couple of things from 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 Sam Sam Darnold coming from uh, and obviously Darnold is, is a rookie coming in the league and Elf, yeah and, and McCown as well. He probably learned a little bit from both of those guys, but um, Sam Darnold just a fantastic raw talent of a quarterback. Probably used a couple of. Uh, pointers that Darnold, even though he sat out a lot of training camp uh, for that contract, he probably learned a couple of mechanic uh, uh, stuff from from Darnold, or maybe a couple drills he learned at USC or something like that. I bet you he he soaked up a little bit of knowledge there that he'll yeah. Uh, and Josh McCown is a Josh McCown's a players coach. Yeah. I mean that dude, yeah. Like in probably ten to twelve years, Josh McCown will probably be a head coach in the NFL. I think, yeah, but I yeah, see that. I, I think Bates, the uh, offense coordinator for the Jets, is a really mm unconventional different kind of guy and you know i bet teddy teddy learned a good bit from him over a summer that's for sure yeah i'm excited i'm excited to see what uh what he brings to the team outside of obviously just uh sitting behind drew Brees, because like you mentioned charlie back quarterback is a lot more important than that um uh, but let's get on to the actual game that happened this saturday uh which seems like back burner news now that uh the yeah, right? for bridgewater um <laughs> uh, but of course the saints third preseason third preseason game of 2018 and as we all know the third preseason game is usually the most or i i every year it always is the most important preseason game for teams it's the dress rehearsal it's where we see the starters the most it's where uh teams are really implementing the game plans that they're going to be running during the season um and so the saints on saturday traveled over to los angeles uh and played the uh the former san diego chargers and absolutely mollywopped them uh the final score was 36 to 7 uh and obviously a lot of positives to talk about the game actually started out in uh los angeles's favor uh, they it was a Detrez Newsome five yard touchdown rush. The uh, Chargers were up seven to zero at that point, and after that it was all New Orleans Saints. Alvin Kamara two yard touchdown run, a uh, couple of Will Lutz field goals at halftime. The Saints are up fourteen to seven after they converted their two point conversion. Uh, Michael Thomas pass, which was a great play call by the way. I what I loved about this game too, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more in depth. But what I, what I loved about this uh, game was the play calling Sean Payton was was implementing. Obviously, we're used to seeing that in the regular season, but to see him break it out in preseason, a couple of plays, obviously the fake punt, stuff like that, I really liked the risks that he was taking. But also on top of that, they're not risks. They're actually very smart um, moves by Payton to see what will happen in the situation against a, a team similar to this uh in you know what you know situational stuff that Peyton was was playing with and I thought it was fantastic um Taysom Hill had 11 yard touchdown rush and then he converted the two-point conversion after that uh and then in the fourth quarter Marcus Williams had a pick six 
fantastic to see that guy doing good. Um, and then Boston Scott uh, completed the two-point conversion. And then to top everything off, with about five minutes to go in the game, Traquan Smith had a five-yard touchdown pass from none other than Taysom Hill. Um, two-point conversion was no good. So the final score was 36-7. to New Orleans Saints are now 2-1 and in the preseason with one game to go, which is tomorrow in the Superdome. Uh, against the LA Rams, the other Los Angeles team. Uh, so I'll start with you, Charlie. A lot of stuff went on in this game, obviously, and most of it was positive for the Saints. Um, but uh, what, I, I guess we, we let, let's start with a little bit of the negative. What What is something, because this is the most important preseason game, this is what teams need to be looking at to work on for the starters. Uh, mention a couple of lowlights maybe that you saw from uh, uh, from the team, maybe a couple of positional groups, uh, but uh, but then you can you can definitely get into the positives after that. But what, what were some of the lowlights that, that maybe you saw? Well, I mean, obviously, I think most people who watch the game, the lowest point of the game were our, was is our linebacking core, which Absolutely. continues this whole summer to be, to be a problem. Like, I think we have that athletes to be a decent linebacking core but they just haven't been able to put it all together yet and honestly throughout the whole preseason they haven't looked good in the run game at all and like when starting defense was out there um the Chargers ran the ball right down our throat with their second and third string running backs yeah. against our first string defense and and some of that could be because you know the defensive tackles aren't necessarily doing what they need to do to help clog some of that up but man I mean I'm you know, I'm going back and watching the game, and it's like Song. we can't shed blocks. We're taking like the wrong read step. Like it, I don't know, man. I mean, look, I I mean, I played high school football. I played linebacker. You know, and the most basic thing is like your first read step. Like mm. you you read you take your first read step, which is always towards the line of scrimmage, and you read through the guard into the backfield. And I'm seeing guys like step off to the side, drop back into coverage, and like, I don't know what's up with AJ Klein. I feel like AJ Klein, you know, I'm going to say it on the podcast. I think he's a bus signing, man. I mean, he, he looks awful. He looks, it's so like bad. he can't get off blocks. Like there was one play. I think I, I think I tweeted it out. Yeah. It was, uh, Trey Hendricks was put on full on roller skates, getting drilled like eight yards off the line of scrimmage. And then a wide receiver comes down to block AJ Klein and AJ Klein can't shed the block to make a tackle. Like, yeah. What are you doing? You're a starting linebacker. Yeah, it's just – it's not good. The linebacking situation needs to get sorted out. Uh, they've been trying um, Anzalone at middle linebacker, which I don't I don't know if he's – I mean, I think he's got the athleticism to play middle linebacker. I don't know if he's a middle linebacker. But um, we got to figure something out. I don't think our problem is middle or will. It's the Sam backer. We don't really have yeah. anybody else who can play Sam. Honestly, at this point, I'd like to just throw Craig at Sam – Craig is, you know, he's he's a good, but he's serviceable when he plays for us. He always plays well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as positions that that really scared me were, were definitely uh, our starting linebacking core, our second and third string offensive line. Always uh, is. <laughs> it just didn't look good. I mean, Jerron Bushrod just like he looks like he reminded me of when he used to be here, but just only older and worse. Like. It's it's very scary. I don't know. Like yeah. I, I fully yeah. fully expect Saturday when the cuts start flying, the Saints are going to be signing offensive linemen. I mean, we have mm. to, we have to, we have to figure yeah. that out because, I mean, you guys know how our offensive line is. Uh, 
Teron Armstead missed practice. Yeah, yeah I'm is worried he about hurt. That. Is it a day off? Like we didn't hear anything. And of course, you know, fans are gonna be like, "What the hell is going on with him?" Because we're so used to this, and we really need a we really need a legitimate backup left tackle. I don't think this whole kicking Pete out to left tackle and then filling in with a guard is sustainable, especially now because we don't have Kelamente, who's a Swiss Army knife and can fill in anywhere. So yeah. linebackers, backup line, you know, s- jumped off the screen immediately again for the third week in a row. Yeah, and it's it's funny here. Uh, Dayton, let me, let me ask you guys this. Um, Marshawn Lattimore, is he a linebacker or no? No, but he's tackling out there. Like yeah, he, I was going to say the reason why I asked is because yeah. he's actually, like, it seemed like every single play, they would run outside. They would run outside. Yeah. And you know who would be making the tackle? Marshawn Lattimore. And he, it was just, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, he, absolutely he, horrendous. Klein, you need to do better. I, he, put Anzalone in. Lattimore has come a long way since I remember his very first play in the NFL, or at least the the first play that went to him in the NFL. Uh, Week one against the Vikings on Monday Night Football last year, he just, uh, you can probably pull it up on YouTube, but I think Dalvin Cook just juked the dude out, uh, and he wasn't able to make the tackle. Uh, He's... he's, Credit to him, man. He's he's absolutely improved his game. He wraps uh, him up, uh, man. Just so impressive. And that's great to see out of cornerbacks because, uh, like like Charlie played linebacker in high school. I played cornerback uh, in high school football, and yeah, cornerbacks uh, were not exactly you know prime to uh, make make tackles necessarily. Uh, we're you know it's kind of the the flashy part of the defense, so to speak. So to see him uh, step up and, and make tackles like that. Ah oh, man, I love it. you. Got you. Got to love it. Seeing out of that that second year. It's guy. funny because on the other side of the defense, when you see you see a running back running 100 miles an hour down the sidelines, Crawley kind of takes mm. the easy way out. Right? Yeah, he <laughs> does. He doesn't want to get hurt. I makes uh, what De- Deion Sanders used to call business decisions. Yeah. There. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. That's that. Absolutely. That's what. Yeah. When NBA players uh, just let guys dunk and don't want to get postered. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a business decision right there. Uh, and yeah, Craw- Crawley. Uh, granted, he he he'll get stiff armed a couple times and 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 look uh, look a little bit silly, but uh, <laughs> at least at least we got a lot of more. But yeah, low lights. You hit it on the head. Linebackers are just. It's been disappointing. Um, for and and yeah, I, I'm on the AJ Klein as a bus train as well. I, I, I it's not really like to me, it's not taboo or secret anymore. I think that uh, that contract while you've been saying it, man, necessarily the contract wasn't wasn't terrible. We we definitely had a it was a four year deal, I believe, uh, and and we had to pay him uh, a fair, fairly okay amount. But since he was a backup in Carolina, we didn't we didn't have to pay him necessarily uh, large starter money. Uh, so he, I, I think that he's slowly losing his job. Uh, it'll be, I, I still think it'll be kind of, uh, quote unquote ballsy by the, uh, head coaching staff to not start him week one, or at least the first few weeks to see if he's maybe gonna, uh, flip that switch. But yeah, right now he kind of looks lost out there. He kind of looks like he, he reminds me, uh, his struggles so far this preseason kind of remind me of the struggles Kenny Vaccaro faced last year, not in terms of, uh, mm. obviously like the, the position, uh, I'm not necessarily compa- comparing their exact play, but Vaccaro looked lost at times uh, um, during the season last year. That's I kind of get that same vibe from Klein. It's just uh, uh, you have the talent there. They have the, the body and they have the talent, but they're just not really getting into the groove of the rest of the defense and, and what you're supposed to be doing as a as a football player at your position. So it's kind of sad to see offensive line again. It's, it's, main, it's mainly a depth concern. Right, because I yeah. love our I love our starters. Uh, if our starting five were to be healthy for every single down for all sixteen games and and go on to the playoffs, 
we're going to be set regardless. But that's most likely not going to happen. Um, rarely ever do you go a full season with your uh, without changing the uh, um, uh, lineup of your offensive line. Uh, so yeah, th- those are the two major uh, concerns of area or areas of concern for me too. And uh, fifth wide receiver, if we decide to go with it, um, also up in the air. Obviously, we know we're going to have Michael Thomas. We're going to have Ted Ginn. We're going to have Traquan Smith. We're going to have Cam Meredith. That fifth guy, if we decide to keep five, uh, uh, is going to be interesting. Is it going to be Austin Carr? Is it going to be Michael Floyd? Um, is it going to be Tommy Lee Lewis? Is it going to be Brandon Tate for special teams contributions? Um, I don't know. But uh, the rest of the game uh, was just fantastic. I loved Kamara was in his groove. Um, he looked great. Baldy, uh, Brian Baldinger, you can follow him at Baldy NFL, did a breakdown. And I met him. There, you did. You uh, Tyler met him at the Bills game last year, and he, uh, yeah, I, let's go. Who that? As is uh, that was awesome. I remember that happening. But um, yeah, Baldy was uh, showing a little bit of the Kamara highlights, and there was a uh, um, a play or or two. I think there was two plays in a row where Kamara was able to get the best of Derwin James uh, in the open field, which was nice to see because Derwin James is one of the better young safeties in this league. Uh, James did get an interception on Breeze too. Which I, I thought was almost going to be like a downhill point from there for the Saints, um, <laughs> because it was just kind of a, a it, and and again it's preseason, so like I said, experimentations are going on, and I'm sure that pass by Drew Brees was either just a very big misread, he just did not see James at all, or he was he was seeing how tightly of a window he can fit that ball into uh, uh, Ted Ginn Jr. Uh, just to see, just to kind of get that groove going, and uh, he got picked off, but. Uh, that's okay. The rest of the game for, for Breeze was just fine. Uh, he was uh, 7 of 9, 59 yards. He had that pick. Um, not not too terrible at all. Taysom Hill was 7 of 8. Tom Savage was 7 of 10. Hill had the touchdown pass. Uh, Savage had 99 yards. Hill had 66. Uh, so decent all-around um, outing by our, our quarterbacks. And uh, overall, our offense as a whole was nice too. And the fact that the defense only gave up 7 points, again, they were absolutely just ran down first quarter. But they buckled up, and when the second stringers came in, um, they were able to keep that momentum going for the Saints. So I was, I was overall really impressed. Yeah, what did you think, Charlie? Uh, who impressed you? Well, um, well, quick going back to the Klein thing. If I'm looking at his contract, and he's yeah. he's not going anywhere this year. It's not. I don't think we're going to cut him because if we did, he'd be a uh, he'd be eating six and a half million dollars in dead cap. Yeah, that's not I fun. Don't want to do that. Next season, uh, his dead cap will be around two, so he's probably gone. Because then in 2020, if he stays around that last year, if he's not restructured, which he, if for some reason he does stay and he is restructured, it's a $10 million cap hit. So he's mm-hmm. either going to step it up and be a starter for us, or he's going to be gone after this season, is my opinion. But as One far as he stuck too. out for me oh. was uh, Traycon Smith, man. I, yeah. I don't know. Every week, like I tweeted it out, every week that's I agree, gone by, I really think that he's gonna be the number two guy i mean he's got the most potential because cam meredith i know he's coming back from that knee but man he hasn't caught a pass in preseason yet and you know the couple that he did he doinked off his hands or (laughs) running the wrong routes you know it's like yeah i don't know i don't know what's up with that and Ted Ginn is, is good. He's good in our offense, which is awesome. But, I mean, as far as overall potential, man, I think it's I think it's Traquan. A couple of plays that stuck out to me were on his touchdown reception. It's not like it's not like he like outran a guy and ran a crazy route or jumped over everybody and had an awesome athletic touchdown, which is fun to watch. But, like, 
the way he scored to me was awesome. Like he had an in cut, he was running across the field and he saw a nice soft spot right behind the backer mm-hmm. to the, to the right, but then in front of the safety to the left. And he just motored down and sat right there in that pocket and yeah. Taysom Hill, you know, threw a, a fastball in there and he scored that really stuck out to me. And then, and then when Taysom Hill took off and ran for that touchdown, you know, he, while Taysom's scrambling, you can see Traquan Smith trying to help his quarterback by coming back to the ball. When mm. your quarterback is scrambling, unless he points you to go up the sidelines, you're supposed to work back to your quarterback so you can bail Absolutely. him out and come up. And ca- he does that. He comes up and tries to bail him out, and then Taysom tucks the ball and starts running. Traquan Smith immediately turns around and throws the block that got Taysom Hill to score. Like Those are little things in the preseason that I think really translate to being – a bona fide, legit starting wide receiver in the NFL. So I was really impressed by him and really impressed by the starting offensive line. I mean, the starting offensive line looks like the Raider role. 100%. Yeah. What about you, Tyler? Who impressed you? Well, one more quick thing, too. I forgot to mention it, so I'm going to mention it now. Um, uh, we don't have to talk about it or anything. I just figured I'd throw it in there. The whole Klein thing, too. <laughs> man, Klein, man, please don't listen to our, well, listen to our <laughs> podcast and then get better and then come back. Yeah, but, um, if he listens, I don't care. I don't care if he listens. Yeah, 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 he needs a criticism, uh, yeah. right? But um, uh, why don't we just roll it, too, you know? And uh, think about it. Anzalone and Demario Davis. Our strong suit of this defense right now, arguably, is our secondary. Throw five guys out there, have two, you know, have maybe Anzalone on one side, Demario Davis on the other side. Oh, that's just an idea, but... Who impressed me? I, I've got to go. My man, Mark Stavenport, the guy I've been hyping up forever. I'm so happy to see he's finally making plays. You know, this is his first time getting, you know, uh, in the big lights, getting some uh, preseason action. And I believe he only had 15 snaps, but what he did with those snaps was pretty incredible. You know, he had one play where, and Charlie, it's funny, you could probably describe this better than I, uh, I am right now. But uh, so basically, I believe the Chargers running back was running to the right. Initially, I think he o- either overstepped or initially he didn't didn't go the way he he should have, the way somebody should have to make the tackle. But he like kicked himself around. Given he's like six foot seven, immensely athletic, a very big guy, regardless, kicked himself around, grabbed the running back, and just threw him to the ground. For a second, it looked like I was in like. I was watching WWE because, like, it was insane. Everybody knows this play. Uh, please, if you're listening to us at home right now, go Google that play by Marcus Savinport. It was insane. He wrapped him around and threw him down like a boss, like a beast. And that was just only one of the plays. He he made some really good pressures. You know, he I, he had a half a sack with mm-hmm. um David Onyemata and Trey Hendrickson, you know, and he just had some great plays and I, I know it wasn't stellar. Like I know he wasn't immediate factor in every single play, but for what he did though, I'm hoping that that's just a sign of what he can do for us. He doesn't need to be defensive uh, rookie of the year, but if he can contribute any, any anything for this defense, I think that's going to help and go a long way for us. Hopefully winning the Super Bowl this year, but um, yeah, he was just a beast. Yeah. And, Davenport. Yeah, on that play, he uh, he act. It was a reverse, and he's defensive end, so he's supposed to set the edge on the on the uh, on the right hand <laughs> side. And he came, he crashed down. He bit he bit on the fake, and luckily he's long and athletic enough to grab Benjamin and and throw him down. But like that wasn't was the only amazing. play when he crashed down. He crashed down a couple plays. 
And uh, one of them actually worked in his favor. It was a it was a run and play, and the quarterback, I think it was at that point Geno Smith, handed the ball off, and Davenport met the dude right there in the backfield and just I crushed it. I was thinking, man, if there was a read option and Geno tucked the ball and ran, he could have went right around Davenport. But it was good. I mean, he's in the backfield being disruptive, making plays. It was I good. Love it. Uh, yeah, me too. And the fact that he's six foot seven and can move like that, change direction that quickly, and it just I would I would just absolutely impressed with that. So yeah, um, I'm I'm impressed with all those guys that you mentioned. Also, uh, Boston Scott. I'm glad he was kind of getting into his groove out there. Six rushes, 18 yards. I mean, uh, not a whole lot to to really boast about, but there there at least some some decent numbers. Jonathan Williams also uh, was was. Eh. He, he he was decent. Yeah. He was he was he was out there. Um, didn't didn't really gain any uh, positive yards, but uh, he, he was, hey, out, he was there. out there. I, I think overall this preseason, Jonathan Williams has really impressed me. That 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 game, not necessarily, but um, other than that, offense very very balanced. Nobody really stood out to me too much, other than Traquan Smith. Uh, I Alvin Kamara, of course, we already know what he can do in Mark Ingram. Um, so so nothing too new there. Uh, guy on defense and special teams that I really liked, Chris Banjo. He had a pass breakup. Sure. Uh, he had a couple of tackles. Um, David Onyemata, of course, had that other half sack with Davenport. I liked the pressure that he was getting there. Um, and uh, other than that, though, and total agreements with you guys, um, Tom Lee Lewis as well. Um, he had that uh, really nice bomb, that 36-yard catch uh, that, that helped get that momentum going for the saints uh and i was really impressed twitter freaked out when i didn't i didn't i didn't see that play happen live because uh, i was like in the kitchen or something and um i didn't have the sound on and i was just looking on my phone and it was like tommy lee lewis oh my god tll and that was just everything on my feed and, and uh, <laughs> uh so it's, it's it's great to see lewis get that love but i i it, it's still up in the air whether or not he'll make the team um but yeah overall just really impressed with this team and their composure and coaching staff too got to give a shout out to them not only for and Nick Underhill tweeted this out at the beginning of the game because it was third and seven. Um, I think it was the possession after. Uh, so Drew Brees threw the interception. Then the Chargers marched down the field and failed on a fourth and goal. Saints got the ball back, but it was third and seven. And instead of you know going for it, uh, they just ran a drop the middle with Ingram. They got pretty close to the first down, but uh, obviously it seemed like it was just situational. A play. Play. Exactly, it was just kind of they're testing this out. So. Shout out to them for being able to do that while also coming away with the dominating win. Uh, I think that does speak a lot more about the players and the coaching staff, but the fact that they were able to execute those plays so well uh, was was very nice to me. And they recognized later on that they were the the far superior team, and I think that's kind of, or I shouldn't say far superior team, at least in that game they were. Uh, but they, they could tell that they had the upper hand in many areas. And uh, uh, going for the two-point conversions as well uh, was nice. I loved the fake punt. Uh, I, 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 me too. I, I'm also kind of torn about it because now teams have that film, and and granted they could have just already assumed if we have Hill back that like there, he could you know that we could run a fake punt at any time. But teams that we're going to be playing in the regular season have that tape now, so my guess is that uh, Peyton is probably just going to surprise run it later on, middle of the season, or the next time he runs a fake punt and it's earlier in the season, it's going to be direct snap to Hill, and instead of running. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Hill does some sort of like pass or reverse or something so that teams, because, you know, they'll look over the film, coaches will tell their special teams, week three preseason against the Chargers, look at what these guys did in their punt formation. They ran a fake with number seven, boom, right up the, or, uh, right up the side. Um, so uh, I think Peyton could recognize that and change it up maybe. So I, I don't necessarily like it happening in preseason, but 
That was a pretty dope play. That was awesome. Good, good, was. good job by T- Taysom yeah. Hill. Chris Banjo also had a nice block on that play that ended up freeing up uh, uh, Hill to uh, move around the defender to to get to the first down. Um, I don't know if you guys want to go. Th- I mean, we we've already talked about. I don't know if you want to mention five different players that you guys recognized. Uh, you've you've kind of already gone over it. Anybody else yeah. you guys want to mention? Maybe. Actually, I've got one thing. Um, instead of really players, I think this is something, especially especially now. I just thought about it with the uh, the way the preseason is gone and the way it's shaping up. I think this is going to be like one of the most underrated, but yet needs to be talked about topics. I think we should cover right now, and that's like really dive into who's going to be the uh, the fifth receiver, and that's even if the Saints keep five, because you can arguably make a case for everybody. And there's one guy you didn't mention that I can make a case for right now, Austin Carr, you know, mm. former Patriots guy. You know, he had some really good catches. You know, nothing extraordinary, nothing fancy, just great catches, you know, of like 10-plus yards a few different times. So just for example, him, you mentioned Tommy Lee Lewis. Like, I think we should just, like, on the table now, while we're talking about it, before all the major cuts start happening, uh, like what's going to happen with these receivers and who we think are just going to, who do we think is going to take that fifth spot? Because it could be anybody right now. I think it's something interesting we could mention, but. If you go ahead. Char- and I, Char- Charlie's been, uh, I actually, I think I mentioned your tweets in the last episode, Charlie, when you were talking about um, it'd be smarter to keep more running backs uh, as opposed to keeping the five wide receivers. Um but or or maybe maybe you mentioned or, no 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 yeah you did say that and then you also said uh, there it's obviously possible the Saints could keep six wide receivers but I, I, that wouldn't be smart yeah either. yeah or it's open I for mean whatever. the only thing I'll say about that last receiver spot is when Breeze was interviewed I forget who did it and they were talking about the receivers he kept mentioning. Uh, you know, guys that have been around, guys that have been in the system. Mm. Um, mm. You know, I think we have seven or eight guys that should really that are good enough to make it. And man, I really feel like he was saying, "Please keep Austin Carr." Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he was great in the Carr, start. Carr, great. like he he stuck around all last year, the off season, and he's been this 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 summer too. So it's like, I don't know. I could see, I could see Carr's. Uh, his he's very comfortable in the system, and Breeze is very, very, very much a trust guy because Breeze throws a lot of blind passes. Like you have to be where you need to be on his balls because Absolutely. he can't. You know, he's not six five; he can't see the whole field. <laughs> you just have to be there yeah. at the at the right spot at the right time. And man, he he's really a trust kind of quarterback. And uh, I don't know, man. Like I really, I could see Austin Carr being being that fifth guy and then we'd have to figure out the the punt return game i think yeah i think our one of our running backs would be a kick returner but the punt return game that's that's got to get figured out and i know Carr tried a little bit of that over the summer and but it was just a little bit so he didn't he didn't do a lot which tells me they don't really think he can do it but yeah i mean we could have six six wide receivers but it would yeah. just be kind of silly to have a uh you know keep someone on the on the team just to be a kick returner yeah. who's not someone like a Devin Hester, you know, where mm. he, he was so good where he, he would occupy a roster spot. I don't he, know. It's, yeah, literally did nothing else but, but return, <laughs> like, like they literally had to move him to receiver so that they could have an excuse to keep him on the team. Yeah, I just don't see – yeah, I don't see us having, like, only a returner. Right. On the, because, like, has Brandon – I don't even have any – 
you know, notable snaps off the top of my head that Brandon Tate took during the, the preseason at, at wide receiver. Right. I don't either. It's yeah. it, it's just a whole lot of training camp stuff. Yeah. With these four, I here, here's the thing. I wouldn't mind, even though I haven't seen a whole lot of, out of Tate. And as far as his play with the Saints, I haven't seen a whole lot of uh, Michael Floyd either. Uh, I wouldn't mind if any of these four guys end up getting that last roster spot because there's benefits to all of them. Obviously, Tate with the special teams. Um, you have uh, Michael Floyd with the... Uh, I mean, he he he's he's a, he's a decent route runner, and he's the veteran guy out of this bunch, or, or I guess a little bit more veteran than than Brandon Tate. But uh, it's still up there in age; doesn't really pop anywhere. Tom Lee Lewis has also been in the system for a couple of years for the Saints. He's the deep threat, uh, fast guy, short guy. Also can return uh, kicks, and then mm-hmm. uh, obviously Austin Carr, like you mentioned as well, been in the system since last season when we claimed him off waivers from the Patriots. Um, he's been uh, fairly decent, and he's also great out of the slot. Um, so to me, if if I had it my way, if I had to choose, um, personally, I'd say, I, I, I love Austin Carr, but I'd say Austin Carr, practice squad, and then I personally would love to retain Tom Lee Lewis um, just because uh, Lewis is good out of the slot. He's, he's also a, a good deep threat. I feel like if, if, if any of the receivers that we need to worry about um, – like underperforming it's gonna be maybe maybe ted ginn only because uh he's gonna say cam meredith i was just uh, thank thank you for stealing my actual answer tyler sorry cam (laughs) meredith was the guy um and i think tommy lee lewis um would would be able to uh resuscitate a little bit of of the stats that we would uh be uh the the saints offense would kind of be losing if meredith kind of regresses this season so um i that that's me personally how i think it'll shake out though is uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Austin Carr. Austin Carr is going to get that final roster or wide receiver spot, and then we're going to end it there. And then one of those three guys, whether it be Tank Lewis or Floyd, and I'm going to guess it's going to be um, between Lewis and uh, Tate, uh, is going to be the practice squad guy or one of the practice squad guys. Maybe the well, main Tate couldn't squad. be a uh, practice squad, and I don't think Tommy Lee Lewis could either because I think after three years, you're oh, out. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, uh, and Floyd I don't see Austin be, Carr right? going yeah. there. Austin Carr's not going to. I don't think. Honestly, I don't think even if Tommy Lee. I think. I think Tommy Lee's in his third year. I don't think he's a practice squad guy. I think he's either they he makes it or they release him. And I don't see um, Austin Carr being a practice squad guy because someone's going to snatch him up. I mean, that's the cool thing about our wide receiver situation is whoever doesn't make our roster is going to going to make is going to latch on somewhere else. Right. I could go to the Patriots. But another thing too, (laughs) I'm I'm just going to mention really quick. Um. Uh, with Austin Carr, you know, like I could just see him in the slot, and I think that's what really we envisioned right now for Cameron Meredith. And just in case it doesn't work out, I think it should hopefully long term with Meredith. But if it doesn't get that like immediate what we expected, I could see Carr. But another thing, like a big like I should be wearing a Duns hat right now. We forgot to mention the Saints signed wide receiver Tanner McEvoy. Oh yeah, um, that's right. from the Seahawks. So he's another guy right now who can play special teams, actually threw a touchdown against us. Mm-hmm. I forget when or where, but, um, yeah, that's another receiver that we forgot to mention. So That's also backburner news because of the Bridgewater situation. Totally, yeah. totally. Seems like everything is that. now, right? That's crazy. Um, but before we get into reasons why we love the Saints cap off the show, anything else you guys want to say about the game? Uh, obviously, it was the dress rehearsal one. It's going to be uh, dwindling down. Luckily, the final game is tomorrow. Uh, so they, we still don't have a whole lot of time to wait before the Saints play again. But anything else you guys want to add in what you saw on Saturday? Mm, not much. Who do you, okay, who do you guys think gets the most snaps at quarterback? 
Oh, JT Barrett or Tom Savage, maybe. Because, I'm uh, thinking. Try I'm thinking Tom something. Savage. Yeah, I think they're going to do Savage Tom too. Savage. I think they're going to do him a solid mm-hmm. and give him as much opportunity to put some more tape together. Yeah. So that well, okay, they're doing themselves a solid too because if he yeah. comes out and balls out, then he could they might have guy. a little bit. He, well, well, he he uh. Probably trade him. He, yeah, he he would yeah. increase his his trade value. Number one, but also right. if he goes out and and does well, then the Saints did him a solid, and and you know putting some more good tape together will help him latch on somewhere else. That I was thinking it was going to be him. The majority of the snaps, Taysom might play a little bit. JT Barrett, Barrett will play yeah. mm-hmm. the second most, I think. But yeah, Savage is gone, man. I honestly yeah. think he'll, yeah, be, I think he'll, he'll get traded for a ham sandwich, or he'll just get released. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I was just say maybe like a conditional seventh round pick, right? Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. At Ryan, your your um Ryan L A Sports is that is that is that right? Yeah, it's yeah. that Ryan he, uh, L A underscore. Yeah, he said uh he said uh we're we're probably gonna trade uh, Tom Savage for washing machine, and I said uh, uh that'd be us overpaying <laughs> for him for for because yeah Savage doesn't really hold a whole lot of maybe a dry leverage. Yeah. There you go. You know there I don't I, there's something about him like. He did start at one point yeah. for the Texans. Yeah. Like I know that they were wasn't in trouble at the quarterback spot, but I mean, didn't didn't he win the starting spot? Yeah. He did. Right? That's what I thought. Uh, if you watch, yeah, because I watched that Hard Knocks with the Texans, and yeah, Savage ended up. He, yeah, and Billy O'Brien's a smart quarterback mm-hmm. guy. I mean, he's the Tom Brady. He's the guru. Whisperer. Yeah. So he, there's something about Savage, but he, I mean, for whatever reason, in New Orleans, he just. He just wasn't getting it done. I mean, right. also in his his defense, I mean his the line he was playing behind is not very good. But I hope we get some something for him. That'd be great. Well, uh, if we get a ham sandwich, uh, what's on the ham sandwich uh, besides a ham? Am I right? Cheddar. <laughs> right, yeah. Cheddar. <laughs> maybe a little, maybe a little bit of mayo. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But uh, fantastic, fantastic win by the Saints. So so that's always Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Cap off the show, of course. New weekly segment we've been doing. Uh, reasons why we love the Saints, uh, and it's exactly that we're going to talk about. Uh, something recently that has happened uh, as to why we love the Saints. Um, and uh, if you got your answer ready, Charlie, I'll I'll I'll, I'll go to you, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, um. This uh, today, yesterday, um, marks the 13th anniversary of uh, Hurricane mm-hmm. Katrina making landfall Solid. in New Orleans, um, and that will forever uh, that forever change the course of history for the Saints. Like, there's no there's no sports team in America of all the major sports that has the unique relationship with their city that the Saints have with New Orleans. There's just there's no comparison across all major sports, and I'll argue that against anybody that wants to argue that. And and it really, uh, I mean, I was already a Saints fan by then, but it really kind of solidified, not solidified, but it strengthened my fandom even more because, um, you know, watching the team playing home games at away stadiums and fans trying to get to the games and fans who were relocated out to San Antonio um, you know, because their their house was completely underwater, you know, going to games and things like that, and then, and then, and then the homecoming back uh, after after Katrina, and and you know that that really just you know for all Saints fans, I know a lot of uh, Saints fans they just don't want to hear about it anymore. I mean, like 
if you ever go to New Orleans and you hear tourists talk about Hurricane Katrina, the the people that live there they don't really want to hear about it anymore. But you know, if we're gonna talk about why we love the Saints, man, the uh, the timing of of Katrina right now, you know, going into the season, it really it really made me a lot of a very different Saints fan after that. And then not to mention, I got to I got to work down there on on a couple of different disasters. So, but me too. For yeah. So I mean. Yeah, I mean, there's a bajillion reasons why I love the Saints, but oh. that just right now happens to be the one that sticks in my head. Thank you for bringing that up, Charlie. Yeah, yeah I'm into that, man. Yeah, that's truly beautiful, you know. And uh, I, I guess mine will be uh, uh, something beautiful, too. It's the reason why I actually became a Saints fan. Um, quick little story for you guys. So I live in New York, of course. Uh, Saints fans are not only in New Orleans, uh, in case uh, you guys didn't know, but... um. Uh, there was a, a small hometown kid uh, not too far from where my grandma lived in uh, Utica uh, named Will Smith. Y- yes, Will Smith, not the actor. But uh, Will Smith grew up uh, not too far. He was raised by his grandmother uh, not too far from where my grandma lives in Utica, New York. And she followed him all the way through his career, through high school, through uh, where he went to college in Ohio State. And, you know, she she loves sports, you know, and that's that's all what she's about. And she told me and my family about it. And we decided to, uh, you know, really follow his career, too, because around here, you know, like small towns, especially like central New York, you know, upstate New York, you don't see kids like this, uh, you know, especially in the situation he was in, go to become something special. So we followed his career all the way through Ohio State, all the way to where he got drafted by the Saints. And we figured, hey, this would be a perfect time because we didn't have an NFL team at the time. We're going to be fans of the Saints. And Will Smith was a complete beast for the defense. You know, he helped revolutionize the defense. You know, it was so sad to see him when he passed away. But um, he helped change everything. And he arguably was a great piece. That's why the Saints won the Super Bowl. You know, and it's unfortunate he passed away. The dude was a, a man. He was a legend, you know, on and off the field. Uh, he had the uh, foundation. When there's a well, there's a way, you know, where uh, he would help people around the community, around New York, and just everywhere. And, the dude is amazing, and he's the reason why I love the Saints. Yeah. So uh, he's the reason why I became a Saints fan. Fantastic. Well, I'm to tell you guys that story. Fantastic. That's awesome, man. Yeah, fantastic yeah. player. Thanks. Even better guy. Uh, so sad when he had to be taken taken from us so soon. Uh, yeah. Very tragic. Um, very unfortunate. Um, reasons why I love the Saints, though. Those I, I'm not going to be able to top either of those two things, guys. So, so, so <laughs> That's okay. I, sh- I, sh- I definitely should have went first, but uh, you, you guys are great. Um <laughs> But the reason why I love the Saints, uh, and it's going to tie back into what happened earlier today, after the Teddy Bridgewater trade went down, I, I absolutely just loved what came out of Saints Twitter. I, I loved not, not only the positiveness, uh, or I guess positiveness isn't really a word, but the positive uh, uh, reactions that came from fans, uh, the support pouring into Teddy Bridgewater from us to them, uh, going onto his Twitter account and seeing you know, new uh, Saints fans adding him and saying, welcome to the team. I did so uh, as well, uh, you know, just in case you know, he hops on his Twitter within the next couple of days and, and checks that out. Um, so, so just to see the outpour of support from Saints fans and also the civilized uh, conversations like we've had on this podcast talking about, hey, even though Teddy Bridgewater is on the team now, he is the backup and there's no chance, or not, not no chance, but there there's a big chance that he may not be on the team after the season. Uh, we're still, as Saints fans, able to have these discussions and talk about our team, and that, I think, really shows the true nature of this fan base. Is it's New Orleans Saints number one overall uh, through thick and thin. We're going to be fans of the team 
we're going to love the moves that they do and we're going to recognize uh, all points of it and we're going to have civilized conversations about it. And that's what I absolutely love about this fan base. You guys rock. Very proud to be part of Houdat Nation. Uh, and for both of the reasons that you guys just brought up, following a guy uh, close to your hometown and him being the reason that, or, or uh, the main reason that you're a fan of the team and also recognizing the tragedy that was Hurricane Katrina, but also ended up turning into uh, something that the city was able to build off and the team was able to um, build off of as well. And that helped lead to the first Super Bowl in team history a few years later. Just absolutely fantastic stuff. So shout out to you, Houdat Nation. Great answer. Everything we do is, is for you guys. Um, so yeah, again, thank you guys for listening to today's episode. That's all the time we have today. One of the longest ones we've had in a long time, and I absolutely love it. We haven't had an over hour episode in a while. And get used to those, though, because we'll probably be having a lot of those when the regular season starts going. Um, but Charlie, thanks for joining us again today. Um, thanks, guys. Plug away your social media, man. Other, right, uh, yeah, if you have anything more other than your Twitter, which... Not just Twitter, at St. Charlie, and uh, not sure about the Charlie Chalk Talk for the fourth preseason game, but yeah. uh, it'll definitely get ramped up once uh, regular season rolls around. And I've, Baldy is my inspiration. That yes. dude, hey. I love the, you know, his like fierceness when he's breaking it down. He's, he's like, <laughs> it's Alvin just Kamara. awesome. Alvin so I, I like that. Like, uh, you know, it's like you get a quick snapshot of a play that stuck out to you that probably stuck out to other people. And, you know, when you see it again, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Like, that was awesome. Or, yeah, well, what an idiot. What was he doing on that play? So that, I'll probably just be doing a little bit more of that. Hey, love it. Well, love it. It's great to hear. Yeah, like he said, we love it. But, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, turn the tables and uh, uh, tell you guys where you can follow our social media. So you can uh, follow our Twitter accounts. Uh, Charlie mentioned at St. Charlie. You can follow our Who at Dish podcast account at the WDD podcast. You can follow the other man, the lovely guy on the other side of the mic, Dayton Brown at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can follow myself at Raymond Tyler M. Make sure to check out uh, the Who That Dish Facebook page now because we are going to be uh, sharing a bunch of new content on that page where uh, we uh, talk to the editor. We're going to be posting all the links there. So if you don't really follow us on Twitter and like to interact on Facebook, that is the way to go. But if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, though, interact with us, too. We're doing polls. We're doing questions. We're doing everything as much as we can for you guys to interact with you guys. Make sure to do that and keep up with us and interact like other people have. We appreciate it. Make sure to check out uh, where you can find these episodes. Uh, the links will be on Spreaker.com and on iTunes. We'll be sending the links everywhere. So we appreciate the support, though. It's always awesome. So. Absolutely. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, well, we're recording this episode tonight. Uh, thank you to Tyler and Charlie, too, for staying up to like 11 o'clock. Thank time you. For, for recording this episode. That's awesome. Um, Anytime, man. But, um, yeah, so if you guys are you guys are probably listening to this uh, morning of the Thursday, uh, we should have our uh, Rams-Saints preview episode up within uh, a, 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 you know, like an hour or two of the time that you're listening to this. So stay tuned for that. We'll be uh, previewing the game. And then uh, a little bit after, whether it's going to be uh, Friday, which we're going to aim for, or early next week, we'll have a review episode too. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Rate us on iTunes as well if you enjoy it. If you don't, give us feedback at the WDD Podcast on Twitter, as well as where you can find us. As Tyler mentioned, uh, that's where you're going to be seeing the most updates and everything. So again, guys, Thank you so much for tuning in. We really, really appreciate the support. Uh, we'll keep pumping these episodes out to you as we gear up for the regular season. Uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. And, and as always, who dat? Who dat?